Hey guys, Zebulon Black here. Did you know the Ugly Coyote has its own book now? Well, it's actually a zine. It's like a mini magazine. Anyway, if you'd like to get one for yourself, go to ko-fi.com slash fantasypants or visit our Instagram page for the link. up against a handful of their, their new line of armored guard. I mean, easy peasy, right? <laughs> no, raw. <laughs> oh, man, the, the AG-5, now they are tough. Their interlocking steel plates leave no openings or weaknesses. Getting into their inner arcane cores, there's no breeze. Let me tell you about this course. Diamond line for 85% weave transference output. That's the good stuff right there. Oh, man. Maybe they're tough to pound, but the pigman can outthink any foe, right? <laughs> but here again, I was surprised. These puppies come built in with an ever-improving magificial intelligence. Post-forge, they are trained by skilled military tacticians here on Sanzetian. So once they're purchased and paired to an owner, oh, once they establish their core commands, oh, they can go about their task with full autonomy. <laughs> oh, now, the AG-5 aren't out in the open market yet, but they will be soon. This is a little sneak peek at the genius of Itzmin Del Prado and the wonders being made in his facilities. <laughs> Marvel Ironworks. Break your chains with something stronger. <laughs> Get ready, guys. We're on our second episode in one uh, night, which means... Why are we on the sep- second episode in one night, David? We can get stupid up in here. I'm going to Florida next week. I was going to say, you did this to me. We're going to do this to you. <laughs> Go to Florida. Seen some family. Mm. Hey. This one's the dipper. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Off topic. <laughs> That's the dipper. All right. <laughs> Sorry, pants people. That didn't mean anything to you. That was for Jeremy. <laughs> we're playing beer roulette with unlabeled cans. <laughs> yeah. And we're trying to find the double IPA. Anyways, you were saying something stupid about Florida. Uh, that's it. I'm done. Go to Florida. No, no, no. Come on. I'm joking. I want to okay. hear. It is exciting. Yeah, it's what, really exciting. What, yeah. What's the exact address you're going to? How long, <laughs> how long are you going to be there? What are you going to do every single day? And what should I bring? Yes. Uh, okay. Do you have room in your trunk? To answer all of your questions. Dragon Quest Monsters The Dark Prince comes out uh, tomorrow. So that has what to do with I'm going to play that. I'm going to play that. I'm on my Switch. It's going to be awesome. I am in a room with the only two guys that I know who will play video games on vacation. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I did that on my vacation. Yeah. 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 I did. It's going to be awesome. It's pretty cool. (laughs) There's nothing quite like playing video games while you're on vacation. Dude, it's It's like the ultimate relaxation. I I love you guys and I love that you love it. My buddy Chris, I want to go and I live in his room like I used to in high school, and I'm going to play Dragon Quest the Dark Prince when I get home because, you know, I stay up really late. So I can see my family. They'll go to sleep at 9 o'clock, and I'm up for the next five hours, you know, doing shit all. I'm going to go to Chris's house. We're going to play Dragon Quest. It's going to be a great time. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. He gets yeah, it. He gets I brought it. my PS5 on vacation because I'm like, oh, we got all this stuff we're doing at the end of, at the, during the day. Yeah. But at the end of the day. Yeah. What the fuck all am I going to hey, do? Smart guys high five. Yeah.
Suck on your ponytail, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> I warned you. I warned you it was going to be stupid. My voice is destroyed. My mind is frazzled. We had too many flashbacks. I've heard, I've heard a bunch. I've heard a boatload. <laughs> fucking ponytail insults from you, yeah, dude. They, they've like, but I don't know. I don't know. The last week, I don't know if I've heard "suck on your ponytail" before. <laughs> Put on a t-shirt. Uh. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of stupid, God, that's so funny. Here we are with the transition. Speaking of stupid, great transition. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I, uh, I have an announcement to make. It's very exciting for everyone here. Oh, very, very exciting stuff. It's time to put to bed something that we started a long time ago. That's what the banter was. Yeah, exactly. And he's that. the I, one who keeps saying, hey. we're going to put it to bed. We're going to put it to bed. We're going to put it to bed. And then he keeps bringing it up. <laughs> All right. Let's put this to bed. Tuck us in, David. I have started watching a little TV show called Letterkenny. <gasps> oh, yeah. Applause, what? applause, applause. What? Where's the applause button? Applause, David. All right. I started watching a little TV show called Letterkenny. I've gotten about five episodes in, which means I am now able to make a full uh, uh, unbiased review of the entire show, uh, my opinion, and so it is gospel and law, um, about how good the show is. Mm, yeah, here we go. So here we are. We had friends, a couple of friends. Jeremy, if you've been watching Friends, is your review well, coming? You didn't, or... you didn't even let me. You didn't even let me announce that. Fuck, you're right. God damn. damn. Come damn on now. You're right. Well, damn. well, okay, yeah, listeners, this all started. Okay. Because it's fair. <laughs> it's fair. Because one one evening I was like bored. And I said, okay, I'm going to give Friends three seasons. <laughs> Are we not? Okay, we're not doing that? I, so. no, you, I mean, you can do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that. For Friends? Come on. <laughs> Damn it. Anybody got a slide whistle? Yeah, so, okay, so I'm still in season one. I have no review yet. So this is not put to bed tonight. Okay. Your, por- your portion can be put to bed tonight. Okay. I am the only one who has seen all of both shows. Put a ponytail in it. All right, let's. <laughs> so continue, continue, and then I will do my part whenever I finish three seasons. Okay, brace yourselves. Here it comes. So next year, guys. I mean, I'm, you've seen more than five episodes, though. Yes, you it, made the commitment this, to watch three hey, seasons. Yes. Well, because I also I, I also recognize no, that for, the better season. for any TV show, any TV show, yeah, you need to give it that time for proper character development to really get the show. So I'm giving it, I'm allotting it that time. You allot five episodes. Fuck that. Hey, all I'm saying is our first five episodes in this show, we were incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, yeah. don't skip those. Yeah. <laughs> we were so good, we have not developed at all. <laughs> no, not even a bit. Um, don't listen back. So here it is. Letter Kenny. Full review. Right here, right now. Open your ear holes. Because Letter Kenny is good. <gasps> but... It simply is not better than a goofy movie. Oh my fucking god! He threw us a curveball. But ball. it is better than an extremely goofy okay. movie. So I don't agree with that. Hey, however, that's gone. No, it's over. However, it's closed. A goofy movie is the shit. It's a really good movie. I've only ever seen the first one, and I will never see the second one. I'm assuming you're going to tell us all about it. Yeah. Okay. So the goofy movie is really good. Um, I recently Dude, watched I want, it. I wanted to be Max when I was a kid. Max is great. He was the coolest shit. So I, I watched Hold the video on, on the I'm pulling up my stopwatch. <laughs> I'm pulling up my stopwatch. <laughs> Give me one minute. <laughs> why, was, why is this happening? Give me one minute. This is what we do. That's all I need. You do movies, I do the stopwatch. Boom, go. 
All right, so The Goof Movie is really cool because it actually follows in all the major steps of a true musical. I actually watched a, a YouTuber, uh, uh, Sample is his name. Uh, no, not Sample, sorry. Sideways. Um, shit, I gotta make sure I remember this name. Uh, I think it's yeah, Sideways. Yeah, good use of time. Yeah. Damn it. Ah, shit. There, there's right. a, there's so, a very specific musical structure. Really cool. Yeah, the very musical structure. It actually follows in terms of a major musical like any other Disney movie does, uh, which is really cool. Yeah, the first song, which is the I Want song, plus like the sort of broad, uh, you know, everyone gets in, introduces the world, introduces Max and what Max wants. Here's the curveball, though. Goofy gets a song later on uh, on the open road where he's taking Max on a, on a vacation on the open road, which is pulling Max away from his wants. And the thing that the song is, it's actually the villain song because Goofy is the villain of a Goofy movie. And only when they actually come together and sing their ballad towards the end is villain Goofy defeated because true understanding is made between Max and Goofy. It's actually beautiful. When you go and watch the movie and you actually t- you follow these beats and you look for these beats, it's really, 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 really fucking cool. That's it. See, under a minute. You actually got it in just under a minute. Yeah, because I'm That is amazing. incredible. I, I did not expect that. It takes a really high IQ David, to understand David, a goofy movie. Just for that. <laughs> just for that. Take this button. What? I thought you were going to say, look you at this button. Me? No, I'm not going to give it. you my button. <laughs> I would love a button. Going into the finale of this arc soon, and I would love a button. You still got a few in there. Those are our no, buttons. No, for me to use against you. <laughs> I know, I know. Do you want me to do I will. I will pull that shit out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> Good banter, guys. I had fun. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was honestly hoping that we would talk a little bit more about Letter Kenny and a little bit less about Goofy Movie, but... Oh, shit. Did you expect that? No, that's okay. You know what? <laughs> no, he wanted to put it to bed, so he put it to bed. I put it to bed. <laughs> All right, well, you can wake it up later if you want to talk about it after you've seen more of the show. Are, are you going to watch more of the show? I guess it's legitimately good. I really oh, okay. like it a lot. It's very nice. fun. It's very nice. fun. That's great. Well, I'll be happy to hear your thoughts maybe once it's you've seen It's a different kind of it. humor than Friends. Friends is very comfortable humor where Letterkenny is actually like, in all honesty, you can't compare the two. Friends is comfort humor. Letterkenny is work. It's work to keep up with Letterkenny's humor. It's like watching Community but even harder. Right. You're not going to mm-hmm. be like doing chores, you yeah. know, doing the dishes or cooking while you're watching the Letterkenny. The 16 right. jokes in a scene and you're going to miss all of them because the accents are very heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the talking's very fast. It's like me talking, but with an accent. It's terrible. Um, it's like dance talking. It's terrible. So, yeah. <laughs> dance isn't in this episode. Dance isn't in this episode, though. Because, thank you, Stephen, for taking that. That's a good one. <laughs> hey, Jerry, cut, cut Stephen out. Uh, dance isn't in this episode, though, because we're back inside. Dad, Dad you can't silence me! Because <laughs> we're back in Santatian City. Back beneath uh, uh, what the fuck was the Papalotian Salazar? Salazar, yeah. I, I was I was waiting to see if you would get <laughs> back beneath Salazar. You've just gotten a message from Crispin. You're all getting ready for this next day. At four o'clock, supposed to meet the pigman. Oh wait, I guess you're late to meet the pigman because I just realized that you did this message a little later on in the day. Oh, come on. I said Pigman was me at four. It was four o'clock there. Oh, no, the time stream. The time stream. You're on your way. You're almost to the pigman now. So let's... <laughs> We're standing at the door, about to knock on the door. That means we have to we have to kill the pigman's brother. That's <laughs> all so canon. <laughs> God, the time stream. All right, so... We're not going to open up on the scene we, we ended off on last time because I like to be very confusing and obtuse. Let's rewind back to Salazar before you left. In case there's any last things you want to do, we'll cut to the, the talking on the phone when you get there. So during these things that we want to do, does that include a long rest? You got a long rest yes. following your fight with the big okay. man. 
Yes. Oh yeah. You you slept through like you basically went to sleep around like two in the morning. So eight hours from that is whatever the hell that is. 10. Two in the morning. Damn, fantasy is wild. <laughs> that would never happen in my real life. <laughs> That's every night for two, me. Two in the morning. We're about to wake up. <laughs> so let's open up on Salazar. We'll say at this point it's like. 2.33 o'clock. You're getting ready to leave. Actually, probably 2 o'clock because it's going to take you an hour to get to the big man at 4. So, late afternoon, early afternoon, whatever. You are preparing. If there's anything else you don't, if there's anything you want to do that's, that's not like, you know, immediately going to be before what's happening, if you want to do any preparation outside, you know, get anything's done, um, we can sort of retcon that in or you can tell me now. I have a little idea for this next uh, segment that might help you uh, if there's something you realize you would have liked to do but didn't get a chance to do it now or didn't think to do it now um but we'll touch on that next episode when it matters more okay for now you are gathering together i'm going to assume for one last meeting with paloma before you head out to meet the pig man and from there journey to papalotion hill to the manor of its mendel prado to a party of elites from different worlds and to potential answers to many mysteries blanche is going to realize how impractical high heels are and take them <laughs> off. <laughs> I told you, sir. It's not. It's just not your look. They were. I, Paloma was gonna only borrow them, but I just. They, it just doesn't work for me. That's a shame. Look nice on you. <laughs> if I had actually taken that step, that would have been a spit take. People are going to be asking who we are and why we're there. What are we going to tell them? Well, we're uh. With the pigman's new retinue, I am, of course, his, uh, his sidekick now, I guess? I suppose it's true. And, well, I'm a bit of somebody in the world. After all, I might be able to mm, help us in if there's any trouble. I'm your bodyguard. Yes. Yes. I like this. A bodyguard. I do wonder. Um, actually, I don't know. He probably didn't hear that uh, Samuel LaRoche knows you and is at this party. That was mentioned before mm-hmm. in Moreno. Right. Uh, is this something that Dresden would have brought up to everybody? You might get recognized there. That's worth considering. Right. Um, I don't think that's something that he would bring up. Okay. Do you intend to take any measures against being recognized? Yes. Yes, I was going to. Okay, cool. I haven't decided what yet. Right, sounds good. But, yes. Yes, a bodyguard. Yes, I like that. Quite good. And Ramin can... Where's Ramin? Why is he late? We, we have to leave soon. And Paloma just kind of like looks down at a, at a sort of clock. And uh, yes, we should talk before you go. But you should all be here. He wasn't with me. Where did he go? Who'd been in your room, Dresden, last time you would have seen him? You guys shared a room here. Right. Did I see him leave? He was staying behind when you went out. Right. Still engaged in prayer. I'll go check on the boy. He's probably deep in his prayers. Okay. Uh, you're going alone? You stroll sure. down the cavern a short ways, take a turn to a side tunnel. You see a few doors there where your rooms are, basically. And you move up to the door? Yeah, she knocks on the... As you reach out, you do hear low murmurs on the other side. Very, very hard to make out with your passive perception. Ooh, man. That's, that's just not Blanche. She's going to... Instead of knocking, she'll push the door open. Okay. Stealthily at all, or? Mm. No, not stealthily. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. I'm sorry. It's just not not what she would do. She wouldn't want to. I do to... like this. That yeah. You don't knock. So the door is sort of you, you open the door. Um, you do hear with your passive at least some like murmuring word. Maybe it's prayer. But there's something I will just say this something's almost musical in the words. A little strange. And then uh, as the door opens, just like you catch a quick glimpse. What's your passive? Oh, um, passive perception is only 10. Okay, only 10. Um, Ramin lowers his hands very quickly from the bed where they were shaped down in, in a sort of praying motion um, and slides them into his pocket. Yeah, I know it would have been probably cool or fun or interesting or good for the show, but it's not Blanche. No, that's it, dude. That's awesome. I love that shit. Uh, I love it. I'm I'm sorry, Ramin. It's, uh... Oh, no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's time to go. That was a... It's a beautiful prayer. Oh, uh, yes. Um, Can you tell me its meaning on the walk? Uh, of course. Yes. Uh, um, you heard the words. Uh, I take it, and he's, he's moving towards the door. I take it you have not heard much uh, celestial. Uh, no, actually. My languages are simply uh, common and awkward. <laughs> 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 he looks... Very, I, I think Ramin's the kind of guy that you share this like random bit of information. He just gets like, "Wow!" <laughs> like, like really excited <laughs> about it. Oh, that's yes. I uh, I have learned some celestial in my time and uh, the teachings of the Sunweaver. Um, it was a prayer to, well, to the Sunweaver to his agents for guidance and help in what is to come. Well, I hope the Sunweaver. I hope he grants your prayer. Yes, I have a good feeling, and. As you and Ramin arrive back in the main chamber where Paloma, Dresden, and Jean wait, Paloma sort of steps out ahead and prepares to speak to you all. One last debriefing before you go in. All right. Do we have a plan? <laughs> Honestly, like I said, I was just throwing seeds out there. I didn't think I didn't think we'd get this far. But hell, we're here. Well, the plan will be... Well, I'm honest, Paloma. I don't know that we have much of a plan, but... Make our way around the party, talk to who we can talk to, see what sort of information we can rustle up, and uh, I think the plan will have to evolve organically. Right now, we don't know what we don't know. And I should say, you actually at this point still don't know about the It's Been Sun. Uh, you might you might hmm. realize that, but yeah, you won't know about that for like another hour. So at this point, that's going to be new information when you get to Pigman's okay. house. Then we'll get the Sending Stone message. Then you'll get the message. I need to ask you something, though. Yeah. Do you have something that could hide this? And Dresden removes his eye patch to reveal a crater. <laughs> well, when it comes to makeup, no one quite like me, but I don't think I can make up that away. Underground revolutionaries don't have a disguise kit, perhaps? Well, I could disguise some of it, but it's a shame with a face that handsome. Scars become you, huh? Wink. <laughs> <laughs> probably some kind of disguise, but I mean, we're talking a whole eye. I mean, it's going to be hard to cover it. Do but it. what about a full helm? If you're going in, you're already armored. Won't be weird if you're part of a... You have a helm? Underground barracks, bunker. Yeah, we have a helm. We have a lot of helms. 
Oh, but you don't have a disguise kit. No disguise kit, but there is a helmet lying <laughs> what around. What disguise? <laughs> DM here. What disguise kit's gonna cover an entire eye crater? I, I mean, I just figured that, like, I don't know. What mechanically can a disguise <laughs> kit do? I will roll a die to see how well this goes. I just, I just trying to figure out what this is gonna look like to like have a full crater eye. Be it's, okay looking. It's fantasy. I'm looking at a list of. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. I'm looking at a list of spells here. Actually, yeah, we have a spare eye supply. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Disguise kit in the back in case. I'm the asshole. <laughs> Man. Uh, a helm will work just fine. Yeah. I, that's what I thought. Yeah, this one here. <laughs> you think, you know, let's spend two hours doing makeup instead of putting a fucking helmet on. I'm going to go read about his disguise kit real fast. <laughs> You read about that. Well, I get a helm. Um, Paloma just snaps out and uh, um, Grindy? Is that the fellow's name? Oh my god, I feel so bad. I forgot his name. Which one? I mean, there the was old, a Grindy. Yeah, it's Grindy. Old Grindy. It's Grindy. Uh, Grindy, Grindy. Sometimes I feel like I have a better memory than you do. <laughs> Sometimes you do. It's very I, selective. Look, in this episode alone, I might have to voice like 10 people. So, uh, Grindy, uh, I didn't even think about him. Ah, yes, I will get you that disguise kit. Disguise kit. No, helm. That's the one. I'll be right back. And he, yeah, we settled on helm. We said, oh, that's very, honestly, wise choice. <laughs> uh, read your stupid shit. Disguise kit. All right. Come on. This pouch of cosmetics, uh-huh. hair dye, small props, fake eyes, lets you disguise right. and change. Fuck you. And you're stupid. <laughs> lets you create disguises that change your physical appearance. Okay. Oh. You don't um, add that text. It literally says fake eyes. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely made it's up. incredible. It's incredible. Good job, wizards. You you have made me eat my own shit. Um, well, but no, but it does say you know the kit lets you add proficiency bonus to any ability checks to make that you make to uh, create a visual disguise. Yeah, so, we literally have this spare eyes and this disguise kit. You want one of those or a helm? It's your choice, honestly. At this point, no. At this point, I want a helm. All right. See, that's <laughs> all right. Grinny comes up with a helm and gives it to you. It's full helm. Looks pretty rad. Doesn't add to your AC because that's not how helms work, but uh, it will hide your face. Cool. And I'm still in all my normal armor, so it actually kind of looks okay. Yeah, it, ma- it totally matches normal. your armor. It looks like. Yep. Yeah, they had a good cool. surplus of them, so they found one that would look like a full set. Cool. Yep. Perfect. Uh, nice disguise, soldier boy. Wink. <laughs> they probably give you some nicer stuff because you had like a. Liu and Chris had taken like, like um, ponchos uh, in, the, in, the, in the. Like sort of, street clothes. Yeah, in the old city. Uh, those aren't going to fly here, so they probably give no. you something nicer to, to go over your armor, you know? Cool. Um, and, you know, heels, if you want them, uh, <laughs> Blanche. They're just not sensible. Yeah, well, maybe not for you. <laughs> Down here in the bunker? Sure, if I was walking around all day. But, all right, back to the plan, or the lack of plan. Honestly, that's fine. We, I didn't think we get this far. This is, I mean, this is all crazy, but you're getting into the party. Like I said before, they can't risk embarrassment. There are elites from all over the world here. If Pigman could really get you in there, once you're there, they're not going to risk a, a whole scene dragging you out. Not unless you really, really fuck up. So just try to mind your P's and Q's. Hang around. Learn what you can learn. And if you can get deeper in, maybe it's been private office. You might learn something there. I'm sure it's guarded. I'm sure there's security. I mean... Be crazy to think he doesn't have armored guards, at least through his own manner. Probably all around the party, too. Play it careful. We might get something. All right. Eastman's office. Tread carefully. Don't fuck up. And 
top of that, these elites, I mean, these rich folk, they're always trying to kill each other at each other's throats. I'm sure there's 13, 14 people there that it's been goes down, they benefit. Find the right person to talk to, maybe that'll help too. Perhaps we could work them against each other. That's that's very wise, Paloma. And remember that curing Sereno is our priority. If we can find the source of it and learn how to stop it, we can save a lot of lives. Good, good people. Good revolutionaries. More of them die every damn night. And if I find the source, I'll extinguish it immediately. Hell yeah. Apart from that, I guess any evidence of Marvel or Tresno wrongdoing could go a long way, though. You know, it's still a hell of a long shot. The Tresna has our speaker on their side. They even have the network on their side. I'm not sure our actions tonight will really put a dent in their damned industrial armor. But, but we all decided long ago the fight is worth it. We're not content to work ourselves to death so that our children and our children's children can do the same. Even if we fall here, we can go to La Katrina with pride in our efforts. I think Ramin steps forward there. Perhaps... It is not such a long shot after all. Where the righteous battle corruption, the Sunweaver sends miracles. And perhaps we will see a miracle tonight. Already, we've seen such wonders. Blanche, Dresden, have you not already understand the significance of what we've heard? Just last night, in the ring, in the pig pen. You don't realize it. What have you, what pieces have you put together? Enlighten us. The pig man. You got him to admit, admit that he is murdered. Oh, yes, That Marville yes. Ironworks has covered up murder. Under truth, under truth, he could not lie in the court of Atash or the, the speakers. Should they use such methods, he, he's a high-ranking luminary. His word will be taken seriously. We already hold evidence against Marville. Clear evidence. Getting Pigman in front of... Somebody like that who can force that information out of him will be no easy task either. I personally, Ramin, I choose to stick to the task at hand. My uh, my focus right now is on Sereno. He sort of nods and in a way looks a little disappointed. We can't get that justice until we solve this one. I, yes. Yes, I understand, but should, should we find any information against, against Marvel, any more wrongdoings, any more evidence, I implore that we investigate further. We can break this cycle. We just need more. I, I agree. Fast. I agree. I'm afraid of losing focus. As long as our first priority is Sereno and we all agree on that, everything else is gravy. We're not there to blow shit up. We're there to get what we need and get out of there. Alive. Yes, of course. Yes. If we risk too much, Jules will die as a result. And you as well, Ramin. You are quite afflicted. And around eight o'clock, when the Night of the Numbered truly starts, my affliction will return. But I will be at your side. We will see this through. And we will focus on Sereno. And your passive perceptions are not high enough to see Ramin's hand gently move to his pocket and then move away from it. Can I roll a better perception? Nah, you took too long. 
<laughs> I, get, I love the gap to see and no one say anything. So I was like, cool, passives. Uh, <laughs> passives are oriented. Yeah. Um, good to go. You guys are ready. I think we're. I think we're losing time. Is everybody ready? Yes, sir. I can't believe we're going to a party with a pig man. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, sir. Sir, no. Focus. Yes. Um, sir. Jean, I believe you'll fit right in this party. I. Uh, I think you should maybe um, be a little less rigid once we arrive. Should I revert to my um, former form, sir? Courtly self. You are ever the chameleon. Hmm. Very well. I should do my part. See what I can learn there. I'm not gonna like this. And Dresden does a little slow bow. <laughs> I'm at your service. <laughs> well, well, my. <laughs> Just try to really get him into it. He's, he, the little haughtiest returns to him is his. Like, I don't know, it's, it's, he's been sort of deflated ever since, you know, obviously the events of yesterday. Mm-hmm. And now he's like poised a little taller, a little higher, smiling a little more like, very well then. Yes. Let's do this. Mm, yes. Very well, soldier boy. Very <laughs> well. And you guys, you guys hit the street. You're moving along and it's four o'clock. You're about to meet the pig man. Should be a little timey-wimey. But now we're going to get that message. Because time was rough where you were in the, the mountains when this was sent out. We're going to say right now, before you, as you're like moving through Fiesta Town, you're about to turn up to his thing, and a stone goes off. Dresden, you answer it because canonically you did. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear Crispin's message, and you say a message back. And as you're standing there in the middle of the yard, Blanche says, Well, boys. Looks like we have to kill the pigman's brother. Or something like that. What? I. What? 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 Why do you think this? The pigman? Yes. Eatsman's son? The pigman? I just explained this to you. When? Right now, after I heard it. Through this stone. Yes, but. But how do you think. What? For the audience, what's the connecting point between these two thoughts? I think we did it off mic. Wait, didn't we know that. Yes. Didn't Pigman say yeah. that he was Eastman's son? No. He said that he had a brother, maybe. He doesn't know his origins at all. Oh. So oh. we're just guessing. You're guessing. Yeah. You're guessing. Well, we're huh. guessing. <laughs> we're guessing that Pigman is Eastman's son because the Pigman said that he had a brother and this evil guy. Wait, hold on. Yes. Shall I follow along? No, I. <laughs> Yes, it's Lakatakolo, yes. Tlakatakolo. There wasn't enough words for Crispin to tell them why. Pause, one sec. Pause, one sec. <laughs> yeah, that confused the shit out of me. Well, you see, Tadpole. Yes. We know the pigman has a brother. We know the pigman's origins are strange and mysterious. If this. Eatsman's son reverts during the day, then we can assume that that's not the pigman. So if we make the family connection, it the, the puzzle pieces slide together here. Am, am I crazy? Am I the only one thinking this? I think Jean actually scratches his chin and says, Well, actually, while well, you mention this, it is odd, isn't it? The pigman discovered by Marfil Ironworks, brought out as a luminary by them. Discovered I mean, or created? Nobody knows 
who he is. And you'd think, a celebrity like that, somebody would come forward, some parents, some origin. You could be right. How does a behemoth like that go unnoticed, have a have a, an, an unknown past? If, if we fit the pig man into this, <laughs> frankly, awful narrative, it starts to line up. I think we may get a lot more clarity on that when we see how everybody acts around the pig man and how he acts with them. Yes, I suppose uh, sticking to the plan of not really having a plan is going to plan. It's the only plan. <laughs> Very I'm well. On, I'm on the non-plan plan. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what movie that's from. As you stand here not planning, the door to the manor the pigman's estate sort of opens up. The very large door swings open. The pigman starts walking out like, no, hang on. No, just a few more minutes, Mary. Come on. No, 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 no. We must go. We're not going to be late, okay? Uh, not again. Not again. Not tonight. Okay? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. And he goes, well, I, oh, oh, hey. Hey, guys. And he starts waving to you. Uh, you're, you're sort of moving towards you on the estate. Mary, uh, you see this, uh, 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 this, small woman of middle age uh, wearing a long formal white dress and wearing very heavy makeup and as you start to approach or as they start to approach you and she catches you her smile is just simply too wide <laughs> just too wide her eyes just catching you and, and looking um, scanning all four of you ah Master Pigman good evening hi there hi hi I'm you must be fans of the Pigman. Unfortunately, he can't do autographs tonight. No meetups. Sorry, we're in a bit of a rush right now. But please have a joyous night of the remembered. Come on, come on. Come on, Pigman. Oh, no, 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 no. Mary Norris. <laughs> I invited them to Itch Means. <laughs> we had a little throwdown in the old Pigman last night. <laughs> uh, Mary's smiling face just twitches. <laughs> I assumed we were expected. Uh... No, no, you weren't. Uh, so sorry. We can't do last-minute invites. Not tonight. Uh, that's that's not simply... Mary, I invited them. They're my guests and my friends. She's her eyes just back and forth. We don't want to cause any trouble, Mary. We, we're here for the pig man. <laughs> uh, look, I... Then you're... <clears throat> well... If it helps. <laughs> Sean Franklin steps forward. Yes. Spear raised. Uh, I am Jean Franklin Montelio, heir to House Montelio, future Lord of the Nine Pools and bearer of the banner of the Golden Bay. Mary just sort of stares, still smiling, her eyes showing no recognition. Jean deflates just a little bit. And son of Zinda, seventh king of coin, De Piero Montelio. De Piero Montelio. And this, at this, her eyes go wide. This gets her attention. Do you know who my father is? <laughs> Literally, yeah. My father heard you are looking for potential new investors in your company. I'm not pleased with having to take such a roundabout method to be noticed by your people, but, well, if you bring me and my retinue to your little soiree, I suppose your superiors could be quite pleased with the results. I do have <laughs> some money under my name. Oh, retinue, please do introduce yourselves to this, uh, this small person. Did, did David just saying that possibly have implications for something happening in Zenda later on? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, you, you knew something was somebody. I think even, like, right. to you, Dresden, to everyone here, like, I mean, Blanche obviously knows Jean's right. history, but 
he's yo, he's not just some lord of some kingdom in, in, right. in Noari. He is his father is one of the kings of coin. These are the top merchant rulers of the city state. Right. These are powerful people. I, and even just in this group right now, I think all of you probably feel some shock. Everyone that's not Blanche yeah. hearing this. Well, Blanche steps forward into a rigid salute. And for an old lady, she looks quite commanding. She, she moves like a soldier. I am Blanche Trudeau, master of defense for the Golden Bay. She's going to be my sidekick. What? <laughs> he just looks, looks back, looks at you, Dresden. I'm Grunt. <laughs> it's Grunt. You're a Grunt? Okay, I wanted to make sure. So you're a Grunt? No. Oh. He gave me the name Grunt. Yeah, Grunt the Grunt. That is... Oh, my. <laughs> Jean-Frank looks so proud. He's <laughs> so happy. <laughs> Just nodding and bobbing. Oh, wait, Ramin's the last one. Hi, I'm Ramin. I'm... Uh, his priest. Ramin Rasul. I'm sure the name uh, carries its own weight around here. Again, I sort of, like, a little confusion, just... Ramin Rasul, uh... The boy resurrected by Atosh himself? Sworn to the Sunweaver. I did not realize that it was in fashion for lords of Zinda, of Nuari, to worship the deity of Ankarin Sangar, but... (laughs) I do, I do not judge. I do not judge, my lord. He's, he like, Jean Frank was getting ready to yell. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry. Um, uh, uh, very well, very well. You, uh, you seem to be dressed well enough. I suppose I could get you in. Yeah, yes, yes. We, we have to go. We have to go now. Yeah, Blanche is like looking expectantly. <laughs> um, and she just like spins on her heels and starts like moving, like, very fast walking uh, around the corner. <laughs> I told you'd be all right. <laughs> um, Blanche walks up close to Mary. Mary, I don't want to embarrass myself, and I'm sure you don't want us to be embarrassing either. Can you give me a quick rundown of who should be there, who I should know, and what I should say? All right. Well, uh, the guest list is is quite something. Uh, of the 13 Tresina, uh, there will be three in attendance. Uh, but they are the big three, as everyone knows. Donya Stella, do not talk to Donya Stella. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Donna Panko, he should be fine. He'll be in his drinks uh, four hours ago, so he should be safe enough for you to speak with. Donya Zico, we're very busy with the dignitaries. She won't bother with you, so that should be fine. Um, apart from that, uh, there is uh, oh uh, Samuel Laroche of the Laroche family of, of uh, Cerule, Tythos. Uh, he will be in attendance. Um very close friends with Donya Zico. Uh, of course, it's me himself, and, ooh, uh, uh, you must know, you must know Kejo Kamal. Does Blanche know Kejo Kamal? I would say you do. Okay. Kejo Kamal is the founder of the Crystal Network. Ah. A magical architect who, uh, basically, he's been mentioned a few times in the show before, but yeah, he's a magical the architect from Sensa, the prodigy of Sensa, uh, Sensa's Anissa Academy. Uh, currently High Priest, the Faceless Prophet. Uh, Kejo Kamal is a very, very big deal. He's the one that, upon entering the ethereal, or the auroral diamond, he discovered it had this transmission property. And so, being to hone it, 
being to, he created a world town, um, pulling structures up from the diamond itself. He can do things in the world diamond that nobody else can figure out. Uh, they say he is perhaps the truest genius in all the worlds. Yes, yes, we know, we know. We've got you. Come on. Very well, very well. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, apart from that, just people, uh, important people, rich people, people with money, people with power, um, I would suggest you just don't talk to anyone if you're not him. She thumbs over Jean Franklin over her, over her shoulder. <sighs> Shit. Okay. Mm, be seen and not heard. Please. I understand. Yeah, that's no problem for Justin. At this point, he's playing the part, and he's she's just not even talking at all. Hell yeah. He'll speak if asked a direct question, but... I assume it won't be a problem that we're wearing... Marfil branded weapons, and she points to her Marfil plus one longsword. <laughs> and again, her eyes sort of go wide, and it's like a twitch. Oh, he gave you his sample weapons that were supposed to be handed out at the event next week. That's great. That's great. Hey, we'll get two more uh, magical plus one. That's not a word in world. Magical weapons. Uh, next well, week. if yeah. the great Marfil Ironworks happens to figure out plus two, give me a <laughs> ring. We have a sending stone. Um, you guys are pushing up through Fiesta Town, and you begin to move up Pablo Hill. You've seen this looming over everything in this city. The last day or two you've been here, and now you're getting in close. You've seen the tall structures jutting out over the over everything. These huge manors belonging to the Tresina, to the richest merchants, to the highest uh, ups in Marfil Ironworks and the company. You've seen the lush grass, the immaculate sort of fountains and gardens, perfectly trimmed hedges. I mean, in the middle of a desert, this is an, an, an absolute oasis. Beautiful. The scent of flowers heavy in the air. The only place even close to this you've seen in, in, in the old city is the Rosas Estate under Serapio, which rests just on the border of this whole different world. As you move, you see this large set of armor. No holes in it. No, no, uh, like every plate just interlocking perfectly begins to move around a manor's corner and move down the road towards you. You can see there's nothing awkward about its movements. It's so human, so perfectly lithe, so easy. It just kind of like moves down the road towards you. There's a red glow, powerful, emanating from the tiniest slits in the armor where uh, the pieces sort of meet. And this thing moves towards you. Mary, you could feel her tense up next to you and ahead of you as this moves past her and then stops. Helmet turns. That red glow shines on the four of you. Pigman is totally at ease in the back. Um, Blanche also at least projects the image of being at ease. Relax and it'll let us go. Can Could Blanche learn anything by rolling Arcana, perhaps? Something we don't already know? That's interesting. Yeah, go ahead and roll Arcana. Sweet. It's too early for buttons. Uh, 17. 17. Um, it's powerful magic. Cool. There must be sigil work running inside the uh, the armor itself. Um, 
maybe you've heard commercials before that talked about the the AG5 and their arcane core. Uh, in order to like take this thing down, you'd have to either overpower the core or harm it, crack it, dent it, anything you could do to it. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not good enough to learn if there's any like elemental weakness. Uh, no, I don't believe there is, and I'll tell you that. Oh, jeez, okay. As you size this thing up, as it sizes you up, the head turns back. This thing steps away. And as you watch it go, the only thing you do note with your check is that it has no weaknesses, but luckily many immunities or resistances. It's tough. It's strong. You can feel the strength, and there are many of them, apparently. As you move higher and higher, you see more. Some standing at rest along the roadside, some before the, the doors of other manors. And as you get higher and higher on the hill, the buildings get taller and taller until they completely dwarf everything down below. Even the last building on the hill before it, until you take a turn and you go up higher, until you hit the apex of the hill the highest building and the grandest and tallest. Eatsman's Eatsman's manor is likely unlike anything you've seen before. Absolutely immaculate. Huge. This great pathway leading up through just like this absolutely just this lush, beautiful garden with wild roses. And at the front, just a, a, a number of guests are sort of streaming in into this sort of main hallway. There are a few of these armored guard standing at rest just off the road as you approach and you guys are led into the building here we go let's do it you know people are immediately going to think what we did to manipulate pigman we are going to we're going to be on everybody's immediate radar i will say you're we're noted really, we're really really nice you're very well known as you approach <laughs> um <laughs> These are, I mean, there's people like, hey, man, all these people in probably much nicer, uh, you know, attire than you um, as you approach turn. And even like these sort of rich, snobbish folk, uh, their eyes fall on the pig man and they just smile, just like, oh, it's him, the pig man, the pig man, the pig man. And just everyone's like all excited and he's like, hey, what's going on? Hey, Larry, I was going, yeah, hey, oh, yeah, we're doing a show later on. I'll show you what's up. I'm going to pick up a, I don't know, like, well, Rhino, that's what he brought last time. <laughs> we'll see what crazy things he's asked me to do. It's, it's later tonight at the festival, you know, once the night's going hot. <laughs> oh, hey, these are my friends. And all heads look at you as you move into the door. <laughs> Great. Mary's. Great. Smile. Like, looks like he's going to break her face off. <sighs> See, oh my god. What I want to do, what Stephen wants to, or what Blanche wants to do, is announce John Franklin. What Stephen is not capable of doing is repeating his title. <laughs> John's title, <laughs> which Blanche surely is capable of. Can we type it out? Sort of understand that Stephen doesn't know it, but Blanche does? Yes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you do the whole spiel. Presenting Jean Franklin de Montelio. Blah, 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 bl
to schmooze and perhaps learn information. And later on, I'll let you roll a check on that. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so how does that work with Dresden? Oh, you're going with him? I'm his bodyguard. That's, oh. That's Dresden's choice. You know what? I, I, We're sticking I, together yeah. then. Yeah, I'm not... He's not going to let... Jean Franklin go alone. Then we're putting the, the spotlight and the camera staying on Jean because you guys are going yeah. together. Yeah, right. Dresden's going. Tell you. Running here with me. <sighs> yes, of course. That sounded enthusiastic. <laughs> oh, it's supposed to be like out of the corner for <laughs> a mouth, okay. like under, yes, yes, under yes, my yes. breath. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I like you, Ramin. I'm just trying to speak in a way that isn't noticeable. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. <laughs> All right. So, so Blanche and Ramin will, will take off into the party in a different direction than, so, than Jean and Dresden. Uh, the first thing you guys notice is the party is not actually happening inside the manor. As you push through, there's a number of guests here, but they're all sort of moving in a slow stream out the back door. You say this is this huge, ornate, like, like full sort of entrance hall. Um, you know, grand staircases moving up to a higher floor on either side of the room, sort of a spiraling manner. Uh, you see just like the, the full sort of upper, upper floor above you. Um, great chandelier hanging down, all the works. But no one's hanging out here. They're pushing on ahead out the back door where this grand terrace is set in the, uh, the edge of the building into the side of the hill. And as you follow through with this, and as you step in your different groups out into this, uh, into this, you know, the, the, the real party where I mean, you see there's guards, armored guard inside the building as well, staying at the staircases. Mm-hmm. Uh, very clearly, you're supposed to move through. Blanche is going to put her back sort of up against the wall and cross her arms, waiting for the crowd to pass by. You know, maybe she's standing sort of in like lockstep with the, with the, Steel defenders, whatever they are. Change of plan, Ramin. Move on, boy. Interesting. Oh. Oh. Uh. What? Uh. And he's still—he's still moving. I guess you just stop, and he's kind of drifting away from you. <sighs> yeah. I don't know if it's a dumb move, but that's what Blanche is going to do for now. And and when when there does come a point where there's sort of nobody really in in earshot, <laughs> she'll look up to one of these one of these suits of armor. <clears throat> Could you direct me to the little turtle's room? Helmhead just looks at you. They really gotta fix the squeaky helmet uh, issue. Uh, just the, through- <laughs> uh, the seafood here in the desert does... Uh, and she pats on her undershell. <laughs> does not uh, agree. <laughs> of all the ways this could go... Um, I did not expect neither that Neither did I. Neither did I. But we're going outside, and I don't want to be outside. Hey, let's get more unexpected. You speak to this armor. It just stares at you for a moment. And then you hear a voice say, <laughs> Little Turtle's Room, right. I can help with that. Blanche, you know, right? I'm, a, I'm an admirer of your work, actually. I, You know, your pupil does you much honor. We know each other. In fact, we worked together. You turn and look. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Blanche is still oh looking at this at this <laughs> at this, uh, at this uh, guardian suit. Wow, they talk too, huh? No. Oh my god, that's what I thought too. <laughs> uh, so you you look at that? No, hey, uh, feel a tapping. Oh, oh, you turn and look down and see that the loudest outfit here of all these people is worn by 
possibly the smallest form. This bright orange suit contrasted by a, a sky blue tie, red tinted spectacles looking at you from a smiling, friendly gnomish face topped by a balding head, badly disguised with a comb oh, over. No. And this figure oh, says, no. Runer song. <sighs> it's good to meet you. Ah, God damn. Let's pan away from this. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> Let's pan away from this. Oh, I, I, no. I, was, I was waiting for the moment when he was going to pop up again. I didn't think it would be here. Uh, just when I thought I was going to get away with it, too. Oh, holy shit. Okay. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, Jean Franklin steps out onto the, the terrace behind uh, Dresden, just behind him in full armor. And you see just this wide, beautiful set. I mean, like, this is this is... A hell of a balcony, porch, terrace, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's pools and springs set into the stones of the terrace, which is crazy considering we're in the middle of a desert. Um, but just like fountains bubbling up, uh, spraying. People are full on dressing down and swimming with glasses in hand. Um, you see exquisite hedges shaped into various animals, an insane buffet spread uh, just one on both sides of the, of the, of the place, just these long tables, food steaming the air, rich with just like mm, sweet, sweet spice. Uh, there's multiple bars stocked to the nine with fine liquors from nearly every world. A, a stage in one corner with live music and dancers, and a sort of space there for more people to come forward and dance. Um, and just many tables set around for eating and drinking, just, just a party. I think Jean Franklin stops. Oh, my stars. I, I will tell you, I, uh, I have missed this part of things. <laughs> it is going to be fun being all Jean Franklin Montelio for a night. Don't you think, Dresden? Sorry. Ah, Grunt. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's, uh, my lord. Uh, come along, Grunt. Jerry's <laughs> 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 just staring daggers. Yes, my. And then it just goes silent. <laughs> well, close enough. <laughs> um, he's just pushing past some people, uh, moving around. And uh, let's let's note some of the people you see here as you step outside. I think you imagine you're just kind of taking your your eyes are shooting around, um, looking for like important people. And I think yeah, okay. Um, the pig man, uh, I think, walks out. And he's kind of looking around like, oh, it was large, uh, and just kind of starts wandering away in one direction. Mary sees him go, and, and I think she's torn, like, him or you, him or you, and she suddenly just bolts over to the two of you, like, okay, all right, I have to stay by the big man because he is going to do something stupid and awful. But before that happens, I just want to give you a quick rundown, okay? Uh, very well, yes, yes, we can use that. All right, just over there, she points over to, uh, just sort of, like, over by the, the back entrance, kind of keenly watching everyone, a wrinkled old dwarven woman with a face set in a scowl, uh, just wearing, like, a fancy pantsuit, stony gray, stark white hair, immaculately curled. Um, and she's kind of just, like, you see she's very easily scanning the room while, while sort of chatting with some people nearby. That is Donya Estella. Do not talk to Donya Estella. Do not go near Donya Estella. Don't even look at her. Stop. You're looking at her. Don't do that. Don't think about her. Nobody tells my lord. Who to talk to, and who not to talk to. Now, now, Grant, it's fine. We'll allow it this time. Just keep your manners about you. Okay, okay. Um, over there. He points to, like, one of the tables. Or, actually, they're probably just sitting right at the bar as a man who's just, like, leaning over it. He's harmless. That's Donna Panko, another member of the Tresina. Um, And you see this a middle-aged man with a round face wearing a thin, waxed mustache. His eyes already carry a, a haze. He soaps frequently from a glass of just a clear liquid. Um, 
Small group surrounds him at his table, and he's just half laughing heartily with them every here and there after slurring out a, a joke. So, he's fine. He's harmless. He won't remember anything tomorrow if you do anything that's awkward. And he's dressing up. Hey, good to know. Um, you, my <laughs> lord, might want to speak to Doña Zico. And gestures to a, uh, a halfling woman in her mid-twenties, wearing a yellow dress adorned with weaves of fresh flowers. Her hair looks to have been colored a bright blonde, though a touch of dark brown lingers in her roots. Um, and she's kind of just moving to the party, like, touching, you know, hands sort of, like, moving across backs and touching hands and, and just sort of really, very really casually um, getting very close to a lot of the people there who seem to appreciate the closeness. Um, she's very good at working a crowd. Donya Zico is, is like... As she might even explain, like, Tanya Zico's sort of the uh, off-world favorite of the Tresena. She's very good at bringing investors and uh, bringing friends to Sansetian. So she would like to talk to you, I'm sure. Um, I think she also gestures towards, like, the far edge of the balcony where it oversees, uh, like, like looking down the hill, down over most of Fiesta Town and a good portion of the ironworks as well. Just this huge view that encompasses most of the city. And there are two figures uh, kind of standing on their own, almost space around them. You see a tiefling with dark red skin, a slight slender man with a prominent nose holding up a set of tiny spectacles. His dress is surprisingly casual, a comfortable silken tunic, uh, black with matching pants. His demeanor seems to be almost awkward, though. Um, it's kind of like nervous and a little like hunched over. His hands are are constantly rubbing, his posture swaying. He looks to be middle-aged. That's Itzmin Del Prado. That's the man. That's the guy. Give him a space. Uh, don't uh, don't talk to Itzmin. We don't talk to Itzmin. Nobody talks to Itzmin, okay? Okay, great. <laughs> She's looking at you, Dresden. Jean's kind of like looking around. Um, and then you see beside him is an old, dark-skinned human man in ornate purple robe. His neck is heavy with golden necklaces, brilliant gems woven into them. His fingers are covered with golden rings, many of which wear bear small magical inscriptions. His hair is a strange sight, white over his head, but shifting to an auburn as it runs into an enormous braid down his back. He leans on a staff of gnarled wood, reinforced by bands of gold and topped by a huge, luminous diamond. This is like probably the most standout figure in the entire room, and a lot of eyes catch him. He is staying next to Eastman Del Prado, the man himself, and yet this figure seems to dwarf him in just general character. And that is Kejel Kamal, father of the Crystal Network. Don't talk to him either. Yes, yes. Very well. We shall not. Well, uh, you may be off, Mary. I shall consult with Grunt. Okay, hi, uh, I think there's our odd crashing now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, no, no, no. And she just like, bolts off in the direction of Pigman, um, where something's happening. Some crowd is cheering. Some people are screaming a little bit. Uh, is it a blessing or a curse that Zebulon's not at this party? <laughs> you know? Uh, I don't know. He would have been... Blessing. So much trouble here. <laughs> it would have been a problem. We, we would be dead already. <laughs> it would have been a problem. He'd, yeah. be, he'd be goofing off with the Pigman. <laughs> Eating all the food. Yeah. <laughs> no he'd, way. He'd go immediately to the table and eat all of the food. I don't know, man. Like, somebody comes up to, to Zebulon and says, hey, that's the founder of the Crystal Network. Don't talk to that guy. <sighs> he's going to talk to him. You know he's there instantly. Yeah. Um, you begin, so Jean, like, goes to you, and as he's talking to you, you see, like, there's a lot of figures, like, like seem to note Jean. Words are just spread around. I mean, he's an unknown. No one knew he was invited, and he's apparently got connections. So, like... 
you're going to be visited. People are going to talk to you. And I think you realize that anonymity is just out. Um, but John sort of pushes off to the side, you know, maybe like get a little space with you and very quietly just, well, what's our first step? I can talk the talk, but to whom and where? I'm sort of used to taking commands. I'm not sure. I'll leave that up to you. Ah, well, crackers, not very good at that. Time to buck up, buttercup. Oh, dear. Well, I know you got it in you. I suppose we could approach. And he's sort of like looking around. And then you hear like, uh, Montelio, you say? Montelio! The crowd begins to part around you as a very large, rotund figure uh, begins to move in your direction. Big red cheeks, uh, big old uh, sideburns that just have no business on this face. Bald head, sweaty as hell already. Samuel LaRoche comes moving up to you. <laughs> De Piero Montelio's son, are you? Samuel Roche, I believe we have business. <laughs> He's just like jovial, shaking his hand, and his eyes sort of flicker over to you, Dresden. Let's pan away from that. We'll pan away to one more solitary corner of this party where Ramin moves out to the side, moves over to like the, the, the edge of the terrace, unseen. He's overwhelmed, he's scared, he's looking around, eyes sort of darting, and he looks to the sky, and then he reaches to his pocket and very slowly pulls out something, looks down at it through mostly clenched fingers, and as he stares down at the sending stone in his hand, he says, please, send a miracle tonight, and we'll call it there. <laughs>